Isaiah 6 verse 8 says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. When we talk about growing our cell groups, one of the key things that you as an individual must be clear about is this. Are you available to grow your cell group? Are you available? You have to be available. Because if you are not available to God to grow your cell, it's not going to happen. Listen again. Are you available to God? Not to the church. To God. Cell growth is about discipleship. It's about pursuing Christ. It's about honoring him with your life. It's not about ticking a religious box. It's not about you trying to look good or anything like that. It's about discipleship. So whom shall we send and who will go for us is the clarion call, I believe, of the Holy Spirit when it comes to cell growth, when it comes to sowing, when it comes to discipleship. In fact, any area that God has a mandate on, who shall I send and who will go for us? So are you available? It's so important. Now, the following guidelines will help you in growing your cell groups. The first thing is a vision for growth born of God. So once you realize you are available, then you need to find God's vision for yourself, for yourself to grow. And let me tell you something. It is not as far removed from you as you may think. It's already in your spirit. It's already there. You may not see it that is already there, but there is something in you that when you think about people and them being helped and being discipled, something will evoke. Maybe a desire to encourage people. Now, that actually is the vision. for your. That's the key to grow yourself. The desire to encourage. Maybe it is a desire to just come alongside those who are broken, who are down. That is the key. Maybe it's a desire to teach the word. That is the vision. That is the key to grow yourself. You see, whenever I do cell groups, my primary purpose is to empower people to be disciples and is to teach the word. All the cell groups I have are word heavy. But it doesn't mean every cell group needs to be word heavy. The key is discipleship. And discipleship does not necessarily have to be word heavy. Of course, it will be always, the word will be involved, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. But there'll be key things that are different based on the individual. So a vision born of God may include a burden for certain conditions within the body of Christ. The lost, the weak, the homeless, the helpless, the children. You might have a burden for children. There's one guy who had a burden for children, and as a result, his ministry was looking after 15,000 children every week in New York. In New York. You know, Africa, you know, you can get away with Africa, India, you know, a lot of children. New York. Where are these children coming from? In New York. Yeah. Vision is such a crucial part. 
um, um, element in terms of growing a cell. Your vision becomes the goal and main focus of yourself. And you must identify both the qualitative and quantitative elements of your vision. In other words, the aspects of your vision that are not measurable, like you want to help the homeless, you want, to, you want them to feel loved, you want them to feel kindness, you want them to feel accepted. That's quality, qualitative. And then I want to see myself have six homeless people coming regularly. That is quantitative. But your vision must be clear. So if you are clear about the fact that in your heart you want to have young couples come into your cell group, couples like yourself, where you can come along, you can chill together, you can teach them the word, you can worship together, because your cell is a worship cell. I'm speaking prophetically, by the way. Um, then that's the environment you want. Then that's the environment you create, whether it's two of you or five of you, because that is the key to your success. Maybe even your vision is that, through ourselves, we'll cut a little uh, album, you know. No, you might laugh, but that is actually a very, you see, that is what will galvanize people to come to your cell Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Because they want to make sure this album is done. But if it's, let's meet for cell meeting. Let's meet for cell meeting. Let's meet every day. You mad. I'm not coming. Every day. What for? But if it's, we need to get this album done, they will stay till midnight. Because it's a vision. That's what it is. I used to have a cell that met in Stockwell. My members were coming from Charlton, from Bexley, from Thamesmead. They were glad to come. And I always had to chuck them out. They were coming from work. They didn't go home first to eat like some of some. <laughs> <laughs> but the point was, people will come to something if they can identify with the vision. So the desire to see our cell grow must be kindled by the Holy Spirit and a heart to see God's kingdom coming in the lives of people who you are ministering to. One question you can ask yourself with this vision is, how would you, where do you see this thing in, or where would you like to see this thing in 12 months' time or 15 months' time? And that would be a factor. Secondly, make yourself your primary focus. Now, we touched on this already, but this is crucial. You have to learn how to focus. Paul said, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and looking toward his hand, I press towards the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Focus. A distracted leader undermines growth. An overcommitted leader undermines growth. A fragmented mentally leader undermines growth. Focus on the growth of yourself through prayer. Focus on the growth of yourself through a commitment to evaluating yourself regularly. That's why reports are so important. When CLF Greenwich was doing really well 15 years ago as a cell system, I, as a pastor, was so motivated about the, the, the reports. I was like a nutter, they would, some of them would tell you. And I was making sure that the reports were being done, and I was able to analyze, and our, our, our reporting system was so powerful that we could tell how many people were not in church, 
on Sunday, on Wednesday, on this and that. We could tell. We were very, very clear because, and also we, the cell leaders were motivated. They didn't like the reports, they, but they knew there was no negotiation. The minute I left and went to Ghana, they ha harassed John and Philip, get rid of these reports. The man is gone, get rid of <laughs> yeah, But the reports are very good because they help you to focus. Thirdly, apart from, sorry, apart from, before number three, when focusing on the cell um, as your primary focus, third point I want to mention is this. Focus on your cell as part of your spiritual development. Don't see the cell as being removed from your spiritual development. You see, I told you that everything that I do as a, as a, as a believer has an overriding arch that is informed by. You know what it is? Philippians 3.10. I want to know Jesus. I want to know his power. I want to identify with his sufferings. And 11. I have the hope of the resurrection. That is what governs everything that I'm doing. That is the reason I'm willing to do what I do. That is it. So everything that I am doing is filtered through, it's in helping me to know the Lord better. That is it. So I don't see my ministry as separate from my spiritual walk. It is an expression of my spiritual walk. It is an expression of my spiritual It is not separate. In other words, if my spiritual walk is doing well, it will be reflected in my ministry. I talk to the Lord about my ministry. I talk to him about, because I talk to him about the things that matter to me. When I'm praying, if I'm not praying in tongues, I'm praying in English, then we'll be talking about our tree. Then we'll be talking about things that matter to me. And if it happens to be the elections in another country that he's not willing to let me go to sleep over, then that's fine. The other day when Ghana was having its elections, it's another country. Uh, when Ghana was having its elections, you see, I'm in this country, it's another country. I wanted to sleep because I'm preparing for these things, I want to sleep. And he wouldn't let me sleep. And I'm like, okay, I pray for these elections in Ghana because they were delaying, and oh, so many people were praying. I figured, I know people are already praying. No, one more little prayer ain't gonna help. Oh, sorry. So, so, so I was thinking. But he wouldn't let me sleep until I prayed with the rest of the gang that he had committed to me praying. You see, there are thousands. Probably the whole country was praying at that time. But anyway, the point is, is that your spiritual life must be an expression, or yourself must be an expression of your spiritual life, not an addendum. It's very important because that is what will keep you focused. And motivated. Third thing, if you want to grow yourself, establish seasons of intense prayer and fasting for the cell to grow. Now, what is intense is dependent on you. For some person, intense is one day of prayer and fasting. This is intense. Whew, we've prayed, we missed a meal. Whew, this is really intense. <laughs> but for somebody else, it's seven days of prayer and fasting. For somebody else, it's 21 days. And I know for some of you people in this holy room, it's 40 days. Just like Jesus, you're amazing. God bless your life. But the point is, 
a season of intense prayer and fasting for yourself to grow will help yourself to grow. You may not see it immediately, but it will help yourself to grow. One way or another, I am one who is completely convinced about the power of prayer and fasting. If you want your cell to grow. So you must pray into the life of the cell. And then encourage some of your key members to do the same. If they are available. Four. A commitment to discipleship will help your cell grow. 2 Timothy 2.2. Paul said to Timothy. The things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. Commit these to faithful men. Who will be able to teach others also. One of the key things as part of growing a cell is to identify members in your cell who can lead. Now, I'm not talking about who can teach. I'm not talking about who are evangelists. I'm talking about who can influence people to do things. You can have a very powerful prayer warrior, but they can't lead people. You can have a gifted soul winner, but they can't lead people. You can have somebody who's given to hospitality who can actually lead people. They may not be eloquent, but they can lead people. It's so important that you identify those who can lead and who are available to lead. One of the mistakes that people make is they think that gifting means availability. Some of the gifted people are very difficult people to work with because they think that you need them. So available people are important. And they must be willing to lead and not forced to lead. Now in my younger days, I used to force everybody to lead themselves. Uh, Mambi is just not dead in <laughs> recognition. And so whenever I'd come near them, hi, how are you doing? It's like, uh-oh, he's going he's gonna to try and rope me in. What are you doing in church? I don't want to lead a cell, Pastor Joe. <laughs> yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> they, must, they must be willing to lead. If they're not willing to lead, lead them. Don't, I don't mean leave them alone, have nothing to do with them in Jesus' name, bind them and curse them. To her. I don't mean, I mean... Give them a break. You know, they're doing other things. It is those who are willing that you must work with. And also, part of your commitment to discipleship must be because of a vision to plant new cell groups. A vision to plant new cell groups. Because this will enable you to facilitate the discipleship of new cell leaders. There's nothing more terrible, in my view, where you've got a cell of six people and all of them could lead the cell. All those six people can lead. And then you probably, the leader, are the youngest among them in the spirit. So whenever you're teaching, they are correcting you. Like you say, you know, John 3, 16, for, for Jesus really loved people. No, 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 no. It's for God so loved the world. Oh, yeah, yeah sorry. That he, that he gave his only begotten son and daughter no, it's only because it's son. Oh. But if you're talking to a bunch of new believers, you say, the Bible says, even God, when he cared for the human race, he gave someone special like Jesus. 
And he came. And Jesus, because Jesus was the Son of God, according to John 3.16, the begotten, the beloved, the benevolent Son of God, he died and rose again. And they'll say, Amen. Because what do they know? <laughs> yeah, so a vision to plant new cells must be part of your discipleship strategy. Otherwise, you're going to have a bunch of people who know too much sitting next to you, you know, and telling you, oh, this is not how you do it. Oh, no, 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 you need to do it like this. Oh, no, no. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, to lead a cell and they just think no I can't do it Sure. <laughs> Finished. Um, well again if, if they, they believe they can't do it that's one thing if they are willing to do it but they believe they can't do it that is something you can work with the key is always if they are willing if they are willing then a training facility like this would help them but if they are not willing uh, honestly if they are not willing leave it Pray for them. That's the most you can do. Pray for them and love them. But don't try and force them to lead the cell because it will be a disaster. Trust me. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Another key element of discipleship is having a solid Bible teaching of foundational principles and discipleship themes that feeds the spirit of those being taught. You see, at times, cell leaders want to teach something fresh, something new, a new revelation. So the Pastor Joe's doing his wisdom series. Okay, this is week 48 of this wisdom thing, you know. I think, I think it's too much now, right? The reason why you think it's too much is because you are a mature believer. And it is right. For you, it is too much. But there might be some young believer there who, for them, oh, did you hear that principle? Principle 214 about how to walk in wisdom. That's amazing. For you, it is too much, but not for them. The point I'm making is, is this. If you are thinking about the growing of yourself, then you have to feed them things that will make them mature and ready to lead. You see, once in a while you can bring something different. You know, it's like, you know, at home every week we have our meals and then we have our naughty night. Naughty night, burgers and chips, that's a naughty night, you know. But if we had burgers and chips every night, it will not help our children. So once in a while you can have something. But generally speaking, have a stable diet of foundational doctrines, of um, discipleship themes, Things that believers need so that they can mature as part of your discipleship strategy. Number five, recruit new attendees and members to the cell. It is such an important principle if you want to grow yourself. So as a leader, you must be conscious about recruiting people. One of the reasons why my cells grew in my old church, before I was a pastor, because as a pastor, I have an advantage. If I lead a cell, you know, all I have to say to someone is, well, you want to come to my cell? Even if they don't, they'll say, yes, yes, pastor. 
Yeah, you know. But as a as a as a member of my local church, my old church, my sales grew because I learned a secret. That is, when new people came to the church, I befriended them. I was nice to them. I smiled with them. I talked with them. And then I invited them to myself. <laughs> and then I went and picked them up. You see, sometimes I think to myself, cell leaders want their cell to grow, but they are not thinking like a visitor. Why would I? First of all, when I first went to church, after we f the church finished, I was glad it was over, and I wanted to be left alone. So if you invited me to something, even if I said I will come, it's just to get you off my back. So what I realized very early was, what I would say to people, I have a cell, would you like to come? When they said yes, I will say, would you like me to come and pick you up? Because that's a sign. Where did they really want to come? When they said, nah, it's all right, where is it? <laughs> it's one of two things. Either they are going to come, or it's their way of politely saying, leave me alone. So I say, are you sure? They say, I'm very sure. Then you know. So I say, here's the address. Now, sometimes they will come, but sometimes they won't come. But whenever they said, yeah, sure, because many times new people need encouragement, then I know there is hope. So I would, I would, I would finish my work. Sell the, I was a cell leader, by the way. So I have to prepare. I can't be preparing on the way to sell. You know how we do with cell leaders. We are preparing the message on the way before sell starts. That's when we become the most spiritual. <laughs> so I, I prepare maybe a lunchtime before, before, before the sell. And then I'll go and pick them up. I'll go and pick them up and then bring them to the cell. Forget the evening meal. Forget that. I'll go and pick them up. So what I'm trying to say to you is this, is that your recruiting of new people, you have to be proactive. You have to be proactive. Nobody, you know, remember that, that scripture we read in, in, in Luke chapter 14? He said, the master said, compel them. Compel them to come in. Force them. They are anakadzo. Force them. Constrain them. Drive them by force. Even he says he has, he has with threats. Of course, I'm not suggesting you threaten anybody. You better come or else you're going to hell. I'm not saying that. All right. So a commitment to evangelism and outreach is therefore an, an essential element for the leader and the members if you want yourself to grow. Now, I'm not saying that you should all go and knock on doors. No. There are, and we're going to touch on this later on. There are many ways in which you can invite people to yourself. Like I said, in my old church, I never did evangelism to grow myself. I didn't need to. We had all these visitors. I just would go up to them, talk to them, and invite them, and then go and pick them up. So I picked them up for three or four times, and after that, they had to find their own way, of course. Three or four times. That's it. Pick them up. Now notice we, we take this bus, we take this train. Sometimes we take a bus and a train and a bus. And, and then after I picked them up, you know what I did? I dropped them back. I take them back to their door. These were grown people, not children, grown adults. I take them back to their door. 
So we have to finish. When we say we finish at 9, we have to finish at 9 because now I have to go back to Old Street. <laughs> One of them was living in Old Street and my cell was in Charlton. I'd go. And after three or four times, then they, I picked them up and then they'll go home by themselves. And then after a while, they came by themselves. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It's very, very important. Encourage believers in yourself to have this mindset. To have this mindset where they are proactive. Now, one of the things you have to do if you are serious about growing yourself in terms of recruiting new people, you have to learn to lead unbelievers to Christ through the cell. Through the cell. Don't wait for Sunday. Through the cell. And encourage believers in need of a cell to come for their sake, not yours. So in our cell settings, now please, you don't put the unbeliever under pressure. Now we know we have Joe here who is an unbeliever. So let's just pray, see if he wants to give his heart to the Lord. No, 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 not like that. Not like that. Subtly. Now let's all close our eyes. We're going to pray. If you would like to um, give your heart to Jesus after this, after this cell meeting, why don't you talk to one of us? And then you pray. Then after the meeting, when you're talking, then if you want to take it further, because there should always be a fellowship time. So if your cell finishes at um, whatever your cell time is, you should have a time when the meeting finishes and then there's a fellowship time for half an hour. And then after that, everybody must leave. Yeah, very important that everybody leaves <laughs> and goes to their own homes. And they'll say, you know, this is such a holy, nice place. Can I sleep overnight? No. <laughs> All right. Six. If you want your cell to grow, learn to have a dynamic cell meeting. There's nothing more awful than a boring cell meeting. In Luke 4.32, the Bible says that they were astonished at our Lord's teaching, for his word was with authority. I remember in my old church, whenever certain people came to teach, we would groan, oh no. Imagine if you went to their cell group. Because it was so boring. They'll start talking and it's like, oh no. How long is he talking for? And then if the pastor says, now, Brother Joe has 45 minutes. Countdown begins now. Every minute is like eternity. If your cell meetings are boring, after they come once, they will find legitimate godly reasons why they can't come again. <laughs> now, my very first cell where I led the cell had this challenge. <laughs> Nobody wanted to come to my cell. I remember. I would invite them. They'll say, my mom won't let me come. <laughs> That's what they said. Some said, my mom, and it's our mom together, you know, my mom, my sisters, my mom. <laughs> it's like, what? And others would say, oh, it's, uh, it's a bit late, isn't it? It's getting late now in the night. All kinds of reasons. Why don't, why don't you come so? Was it on tonight? <laughs> All kinds of reasons. Now, you know, if you've had a boring cell meeting, don't worry. You're in good company. We've all had one. You know, these holy ones who've never had it, don't mind them. But let me tell you something. There are things you can do. First of all, you can ask God to help you. That's a great place to start. 
you ask him, please anoint my cell meeting so that it's not boring anymore. You yourself, you can't wait till the thing is over. So that's what we tell you. I had this issue as well where I'm the only cell person. So to bring someone into my cell... You mean your cell is, has one Just member. me, okay, yeah. Fine. So to bring someone to a cell... <laughs> so I'm like, how can I bring that person to my house and it's just going to be me and this person? Sure. So I'm like, okay, we'll make it a fellowship. So we just be talking, talking, and you bring, you know, godly parts in it. But I'm like, this has... No, I'm like, most of the time, it can last for a few weeks and then that person won't go, whether they may be in uni or just may find another cell. And sometimes I was like, yeah, go to another cell because they have more people to socialize and interact with. So I'm like, how can I make it dynamic if it's just me and I'm trying to grow the cell? Do I take it to, like, let's go to a cafe or, I don't know, join another cell or I don't know. Okay. Um, when, we, when we did our seminar on how to start a cell, I think it would be good for you to, were you, were you on that one? I don't think so. But it would be good for you to look at it. Because one of the key things I would encourage you to do is, before you start a cell, you recruit a core group. Right? You recruit a core group, and that will inform it. So that you give yourself, say, six weeks to recruit a core group of people who will, be, who will become part of the cell. Okay. The other thing I would say to you is that you said something that I find quite interesting and curious, and that is we meet and we have fellowship. But what's wrong with that? Excellent. So my, 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 my point there is, is that you need to recognize your areas of strength. Because for some cell groups, the area of strength is in discussion. Others, the area of strength is in praying together. Others is in worship, others, and so forth. There is no set um, uh, way of making a cell legitimate beyond the context of discipleship and so winning. So I would say this, that you need to, first of all, recognize the treasures that you are. That when people come into your space, there is something that you can contribute into their life that will help them. Um, and so let's say you, you started meeting. If you, if you start the meeting and say, come to my house and let's have cell, right? That is an unnecessary pressure. I would not do that. I would say, let's meet up, right? Let's meet up. You start meeting them, whether it's your house or somewhere else. In your mind, you're starting a cell, but you don't have to tell them that. Because as they get to know Sabrina, they will realize what a great person they are, and they would like to come. But if it's, okay, this is a cell meeting now. Now let's start with our cell meeting. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> You know, uh, shall we open in prayer? Oh, okay. Uh, now let's sing a few songs. I have a new life. Yeah. I mean, after, it'd be, whoa. That's a bit weird. You understand? So find out your areas of strength understand? and allow that to inform the, the meeting. All right. Well, this is a question time. Yes. Okay, um, so is it okay to change the format then? Of course it's okay to change the format. Okay. I would encourage that. Again, I'm not sure if you were at the, the, the previous seminar that I did, but the format is a guide. It's not a law. So you can adapt it. For instance, some of my cells 
of late have not had any worship go on. Not because I'm against it, I love it, but it wasn't necessary for our context. When I say worship, I mean songs. You know, everything is worship, but I mean songs. We don't, we don't sing in my cell group context. Other cell groups I'm going to have, after I finish with this crew, these other cell groups I'm going to have in the, in the future, we are going to have proper singing, and I'll be playing singing and, and all of that stuff. But there are certain cell groups that I have that are more strong on conversation and teaching and impartation because that's the nature of that particular cell. So it depends. Okay. All right. Um, yes, Ola. This place is a place of questions. <laughs> um, could it also be, I suppose, uh, like using technology, so Skyping, stuff, and maybe then meet once a month, but other times? Because certain groups of people may be may not be able to afford to come into the group, especially if you're talking about saying... I think that's one of the beauties, thank you for that, one of the beauties of modern technology is that you can have interaction with people remotely and it is just as valid as if they were there. So I am totally for having um, cell meetings via social media. I would encourage it, yeah. Um, okay, over here. Now the, this, this anointing is spreading. Okay, and then I'll come to you, sir. Um, Pastor, I had a question um, more about the previous point, number mm -hmm. five. Mm -hmm. So you were talking about how you like used to take people and pick them up and stuff. Sure. Um, how do you contain that in terms of if people think it's a bit of an expectation for you to drop them home and as well you're only one person so you can't now be driving around London like after sell all the time because you said you did it for three, four times where you would like take them home. Yes. But as well, they're grown adults as well. And when I was a teenager going to sell, I got the bus. So sure. <laughs> just absolutely, absolutely. But as you well know, times have changed these days. Now, the, there's a very good point you're making. So one of the key things is relationship. How you build relationship. So for instance, when I'm picking people up, we're talking on the way. We're talking back. So the first time you are totally being completely nice and yes, 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 yes. Second time... You start talking into a few things. Third time, my friend, you know that you, you're going to be coming. You know, but you're building relationships, so you feel people out. But the other thing is this. Remember, you have an agenda. Your agenda is yourself to grow. So at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, is your expectation realistic? You know, I would, I would actually say to you, it is reasonable if I want myself to grow to be driving at London late in the night. I would say that as part of my agenda, because I see that as part of my ministry, you understand? But there comes a point where you say, you realize that it's wrong. The minute I realize something is wrong to do, I don't do it, you know? If I don't think it's appropriate anymore to be driving you home, I will not do it. I mean, those of you who know me, you know, I will not do it. I'll tell you, I'm not taking you home anymore, you big man <laughs> like you. What do you want me to take you home for? I did it three weeks ago and so on. Try to take yourself home, you know, but, but, but it's, if it's appropriate, if it's inappropriate, I won't do it. So I think you've got to feel your way. You understand? And also remember that situations are different now. Now, sometimes you might find people want to come to yourself and they're living far. So you have to ask yourself, are you happy for them to come for yourself when they live so far? I was very happy for them to come all the way from Thamesmead here. I didn't have to take them to Thamesmead because there was a whole bunch of them that came together. So I said to them, now make sure you all go. Go home, go home together. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I think I used to get some of you to take um, some of them 
to the door themselves, isn't it? Yeah, I got cell members to do it. That's part of the team ministry. All right, quickly, because of time, because of time. So we are now on number eight. Extracurricular cell activities helps yourself. Are we on number seven? Oh, wow. Okay, you are really keen. I was trying to cheat you. But anyway, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's move on to number seven. An effective follow-up system of members and visitors. This is also a very, very important element to cell growth. Often, people take it, cell leaders take it for granted that, that because the people enjoyed the cell, they're going to come back. No, 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 no. Listen, you should know that a lot can happen in seven days. Within seven days, we had Donald Trump become the president of the United States of America. And now we have a new president in Ghana. Seven days is a long time in life. All kinds of things. So you have to be conscious that people need follow-up, especially new people. Especially new people. Something could have happened in the cell that has hurt them, and you don't know it. Because my personality is a very engaging, confrontational type personality, I do things without realizing that sometimes it's offensive. Somebody may ask a question, I say, wow, that's an interesting question. <laughs> and then you've offended them. You didn't even realize you were offending them because you say, hee hee, and therefore you were laughing at them. When you actually enjoyed the question so much, it was bringing you joy. So when you follow them up, they say, I'm not coming back to yourself. Why aren't you coming back? Why were you laughing at me? What do you mean I laughed at you? You laughed at me when I asked the question. What question? When I asked the question, oh, no. Oh, I'm so sorry. I was, your question brought me a lot of happiness. That's why I was laughing. Not at you, never. Can you forgive me? I forgive you. Will you come back? No. I'm coming to your house. You go to their house, you talk to them, and you pick them up, and they'll come back, and they become your best friend forever. This is life. But if you think that because they enjoyed your cell meeting, they enjoyed your thing, therefore, they're going to be coming back forever, forget it, my friend. Most people need to be followed up. Now, some people don't like follow-up. You, fo you call them and say, what are you calling me for? I came to your church. What's your problem? I said I'll come to your cell. What's your problem? Why are you calling? Don't call this number again. <laughs> you have to respect that one as well. Yeah. Ezekiel 34, verse 12. As the shepherd seeks out his flock on the way, on the day, sorry, he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. Shepherds seeks out their flock. God seeks his flock. Shepherds seek out their flock. Cell leaders must learn to seek out their flock. So part of your follow-up would include Find out how they're doing. Not, why didn't you come to sell? That should never be your first question if they didn't come. I'm calling you just to see why you didn't come to sell. That might be why you're calling them, but you need to be smart. Or they may say, oh, you, you finally called me. You want to see why I didn't come to sell? And you have to be honest. Yes, that's why I'm calling you. I'm sorry, that's why, but that's why I'm calling you. Don't lie. So, no, 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 no. You didn't come, I didn't even notice. No, no, no. Tell them the truth. <laughs> Tell them the truth. <laughs> Follow-up should be on personal issues as well as spiritual issues. It should be friendly catch-ups as well as genuine pastoral care. You know, people will forgive you for almost anything you do if they know you love them. People come to our church in spite of me, not because of me, because... 
they feel cared for. Now, let me tell you this. Over the years, I have offended almost, in fact, all my friends. I've offended all my friends. I've had arguments with all my friends. All. I can't think of one friend in this nation and overseas where I haven't had some kind of gra with. But we are good friends. Why? Because there is follow-up and input and chat and catch-up and understanding. That's relationship. Cell ministry is about building relationships. Number eight, extracurricular activities. We'll stop at 10 past, okay? This is where you are doing things outside of your cell meetings, where there is interaction outside cell meetings. Now again, because we have a very busy life, one of the things I would encourage you to do is to maximize church meetings, where church meetings, you, you, you do beelines to your cell members first to see how they're doing, encourage them. But studies have shown that cells that are able to multiply quickly are cells that have extra curricular or social activities at least five times a month outside the cell meeting. Now, there are ways, I mean, different, different, different um, cultures have different things, but there are ways in which I learned to maximize this. So I maximized always the Sundays when I saw my people, my cell members. I'd go to them, I'd talk to them, I'd see how they're doing, I'd encourage them, I'd pray for them. I'd maximize things what the church was doing midweek. I'd make sure my people were there. I'd encourage them. They would tell you, I hardly ever called them during the week. But I would not encourage you to do that. The strength of my personality and the grace of God among my life allowed it. But people have, but they felt cared for. And I opened my life to them. I told them things that um, helped them deal with their personal problems and things like that. So that caused them to feel Feel an affinity. You must learn to do things outside the cell meeting. If the only time you're interested in your people is when they come to cell, you will lose them. Number nine, mobilize cell members to serve within the cell. Another key element of growth where the members are doing things. Not everybody will teach. Not everybody will lead the service. Not everybody will sing. But let me tell you something. Everybody can do something. So don't force everybody to teach. Those who want to teach, get them to teach. Don't force everybody to lead in worship. Those who want to do it, get them to do it. Those who want to be involved in, um, um, there are certain things you can get people to do, like refreshments and stuff. But even that, go for those who are keen. Because uh, some people, their refreshments is awful. You know, they pick their nose before they touch the food and, and all. Yeah, that part will get your attention. You know, before, before they touch the food. You, you, and then we all have to. <laughs> Ooh, this is an interesting sandwich. Ooh. No, 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 no. So you don't get the wrong people to do the wrong thing, certain things. Some people are not going to. You, just, you tell them, you're not doing the sandwiches because your sandwiches are awful. Just, you know, tell them in a nice way. Find out who would like to do the sandwiches. Some uh, sister, sister Josephine says, "I would." If yes, Josephine, i um, just pick my name, Joseph. Uh, I would do the sandwich, and then she comes with jam sandwich, jam, jam and uh, curry sandwich, <laughs> jam and jollof sandwich. <laughs> you know, soup with sugar. <laughs> you just tell sister Josephine. 
we have another assignment for you. <laughs> but mobilize some members to do different things. Get them to do different things. Especially, especially those cell members who you are planning to lead. Get them to take leadership initiative and then you oversee it. So all the leaders that I raised over time, I got them to be leading and where they were comfortable. So I would watch them teach, get them to do things, and I'd always put, trust me, I like to teach, as I guess you might not have figured that out. But you get them to teach, and then you encourage them, and then you get this one to do this, and you encourage him. And then after a while, they gain confidence. And then sometimes you even don't turn up. You, you say, I'm not coming to sell. You know, I need you to do this. They say, what are you doing? You say, my friend. I said, I'm not coming to sell, you know. And then you get them to, you, don't, don't say my friend, I'm just playing. Get them to do things and they gain confidence. And as the cell is being mobilized, you'll find that the cell can grow. Another thing I learned to do was this. I got like cell members to follow up on people. So I say, you follow up on this one, you follow up on that one, you follow up on that one. But a lot of times when people are mobilizing people like this, then, then they sit back. No. So I get you to follow up on John and Jane or whatever, and then I will follow up on all those people myself without your knowledge. So then when we meet, I say, so how did, did you follow up on uh, Jenny? Yeah. <laughs> so how's she doing? Yeah, she's, 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 she's fine. She's fine. Is everything okay with her? Yeah, mm, yeah, Jenny's fine. So where is she living now? Where she always lived. <laughs> but Jenny moved last week. Huh? Jenny moved last week. I was speaking to her. She's going through a terrible time. <clears throat> I found this. Philip would tell. I found that they will follow up on people and then I will ask them questions. And sometimes I'll find out they haven't actually done it. There's, then they'll say, I intended to follow up. <laughs> N- never, Philip never did that. Um, I intended to follow up. But the point is, when you empower people to do things, supervise them. That's the point. One of my cell leaders, who's now a tremendous pastor, he um, was in charge of the sandwiches. I think I told you this the last time. Now, he was in charge of refreshments. Now, before the refreshments would be sandwiches, this, this, everything. When he was in charge, he, he, brought, he brought a bag of crisp and Coke and a biscuit that I just said, and I said to him, what is that? That's the refreshments. I said, listen, my friend, if that's what you came to eat, would you have come back? I actually told him in my younger days. I don't do that now. Now I'm very nice. But in my younger days, I told him, nonsense. What do you mean? You can't do that. So I had a backup plan because I thought he might do that. (laughs) I had a backup plan. And I brought up my backup plan because I thought I was training him. So I knew him. I thought he might do that. So I had my backup plan. I brought it. Yeah. You can't say uh, today, this is a sandwich. He, he, he did it. No. Nobody knew except the two of us. And last but not least. In fact, there's other guidelines, but I'll give you just ten. Okay, I'll give you two more. Empower the members to share their faith and bring others to the cell. I would encourage weekly you should tell their cell members. Remember, share your faith and get, get them to share testimony. Get them to share testimony. And then number eleven. Build into the cell a culture of multiplication from the beginning. This cell is going to multiply. This cell is going to grow. 
Let's start praying into it. Let's start asking God for the right leaders. From the beginning, build into it. Because cells must multiply. That's why it's cell. It's not prison cell. It's biological cells. It's based on that principle. And so from the onset, you think of multiplication. And this is why you cannot have a situation where cells have been going for three, four years, the same people. Because it means they've lost their vision. Amen. And last but not least, cultivate a spirit of unity among the cell members if you want your cell to grow. All right, let's stop there. Any questions, please? Okay, Sharon. Okay, thank you. Um, with, your, with your cells, you've said that you've... Um, you're about to finish with a cell and you're going to start with another cell. No, 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 I'm not about to. Don't scare my cell members. Oh, I, I, okay. I, when, when I you, finish with it, when you finish, which is yeah, sorry. Next, next year, Yeah. end of next year, in Jesus' yeah. name. <laughs> yeah, so when you finish with that cell, so should we be putting, um, should, we be, should we be planning for the current cells that we have to go for, cer cer um, for a certain amount of time? And a certain amount of focus, because as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking of all these different focuses that I'd like to do as a cell leader. And should I be um, saying, okay, Lord, how long would you like me to do this one for? And then it's okay then to um, do another, have another focus within the cell. Okay, is so okay? here's my, my strategy is always there must be continuity. So part of my goal is that at the end of my current cell, out of it, I will start a new cell, okay? My current cell, I'm equipping certain people to do certain things. So at the end of it, I release them to lead cells. And then out of what I have left, who I have left, I will start a new kind of cell. You understand? So I don't personally believe in walking away. I, I see, because for me, these things are expressions of my devotion. So the things that are on your heart, for instance, I would consider how do I marry it with myself with a view of either developing others so that they can take some of the people and then I can do this kind of focus and then out of it birth new kinds of cells that's what I would be considering any other questions please okay Andrew um, would you encourage interchurch cells so what does that what do you mean by so, that um, say for instance people from other churches um, want to kind of partner um, to strengthen and whatnot? It depends. Okay. You see, it depends on what it is that you are trying to achieve as a cell group. If part of the cell's very DNA is about working with other churches and stuff, then that's fine. But if your cell is about evangelism and discipleship, then there could be some kind of conflict because cell groups are about discipleship evangelism but it involves a lot of pastoral care and there are authority elements in it and for me as long as a member from another church is not going to end up leaving their church to become part of your cell then that's fine the danger is if they are coming from another church you have to make sure in my view they should the pastor should know about it and that it should be a very clear um it should be a very clear authority um, a relational issue in your local church so that there isn't schism in the body. So for me, it depends. As long as you're not going to leave your church, their church, and come to your church as a result of it.
Because the very dynamic of cells is that you're capturing people to be part of the church fellowship. So it depends. Yes. Um, do you, what's, sorry, what are your thoughts on um, someone being part of two cells? Um, um, again, it depends. If, if this, you see, if there is clear focus about a cell somebody's in, then in my view, it would not really be necessary. But the, often the challenge might be where, let's say, a cell is not doing what it is supposed to be doing. So therefore, a member has a need to go elsewhere to get further input. Um, but I'm not against it, but I just think that it kind of, in my view, undermines the purpose of evangelism and discipleship, which is at the heart of a living cell group. All right, we're going to have a break, till uh, your lunch break, till 2 o'clock. Um, we start sharp, and uh, so 2 o'clock, we'll start whether there's five of you here or all of you here. But in the meantime, I want to encourage you to talk to each other and get to know each other. Why, why don't we pray? Why don't we just ask the Holy Spirit to bless what we've heard so far? And uh, we will then have our lunch. Father, thank you so much for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for your hand upon us. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit will continue to empower these precious ones with the wisdom and the revelation and the knowledge they need to grow themselves and become disciples of our Lord Jesus. I pray in his name. Amen. Amen. Bless you.